Hi everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for Courageous Conversations podcast number 14 and I have got the fabulous Valerie Timms from South Australia with me. Hi Val, how are you? Hey Leanne, I'm fabulous. How are you? Oh, going very, very well, my friend, going very, very well. Good to hear. So I wanted to talk to you. I know that you were at one stage the number one sales agent in the Ray White Network, South Australia. Yes, but you weren't particularly fulfilled by that. Can you talk us through sort of how you were feeling at that time and what you did to make change? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, I really loved being part of the Ray White group. They had excellent training, a great network. Um, I think what happened is sometimes you just tend to outgrow a network. Um, and, you know, um, I'd won a lot of the awards there for sale, you know, you know top salesperson and innovation awards and those kind of things. And I guess the story as to why um, I switched um, to my own independent brand was just one of, I guess, tragedy turned into triumph, I suppose. Um, I'd entered into a business partnership and that just, um, for various reasons on both sides, just didn't work out. Um, I'm sure, you know, they've got their story, I've got mine. But from that, um, I think what happened uh, for both partners actually is is they went on to create their own business and I went on to create um, Tim's Real Estate um, uh, our own independent brand um, and you know had that business partnership not dissolve um, it never would have happened yeah so sometimes um, what's the saying the um, the best gifts that come come badly wrapped absolutely yes absolutely so at, at that stage, I was thinking, that's it. I'm just going to, I don't know, go work for somebody else. Um, but for various reasons, um, ended up starting Tim's Real Estate. And, you know, if we're talking about, you know, courageous conversations, I guess one of the hardest conversations there was, um, you know, pulling my team aside and, and sitting them down with um, a piece of paper and a concept and saying, hey, um, guys, like we've been together for some years now. Do you want to jump ship and join join me and, and you know, rebrand with me to Tim's Real Estate? And, you know, I, I remember that... Um, you know, a couple of people said, absolutely, we're with you. And then some of my key players just kind of said, look, we've got to have a think about this. And and it was just it was devastating. <laughs> so yeah, oh, but I was just about to say that. I can almost feel the um, the, the feeling in your stomach when, um, when the people that you really count on to make a business successful um, are saying, actually, oh, we're not sure we're buying into your vision. Yes, yes. And, and look, you know, I mean, when you're presenting them with a – it was all a really fast transition like a very fast transition from decision to actually opening the doors. Um, Why doesn't I, that surprise me with you? <laughs> and I'd just given birth to my son. So of course um, you had. Baby, baby in tow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it was, it was a pretty hectic and crazy time. Um, but my team trusted me. You know, they'd been through the GFC with me and um, – one of the conversations I'd had to have with them at that stage is is I pulled them all into the boardroom with my accountant and said, you know, guys, you know how, you know, we've been in this unprecedented boom. Um, well, things have changed. You know all those fabulous things I give you for free. Well, I'm now going to start charging you for them. 
and I'm changing structures and um, like it went down like a lead balloon but you know uh, we painted the vision for them and you know they stayed and they had the option it's like guys if you're not happy you know feel free to move elsewhere but I'm here for the long haul and I'm going to look after you and and when I can I will um, provide all of those things for you again which we did. That that must have been a really difficult conversation. It was. You know, you know that feeling when you sort of walk into a meeting and you you're feeling quite sick to the stomach and I sure you know, do. With, with <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> with nerves and you're thinking, oh, how is this gonna go? Am I gonna lose? You know, because at that stage we were the number one office for Ray White as well. So um, you know, we were the top selling office. So it's like are we are we all of a sudden gonna have half the team leave and then be sort of at the bottom of the ladder and um, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth. But no, it, it all worked out. <laughs> so still and so why do you think why do you think the team actually decided to stay? Well, look, I um I mean, I, 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 sometimes I wonder that myself and um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure many leaders do because, you know, quite often um, we don't see what other people see um, and, you know, sometimes they'll tell you why um, and, you know, my team have, have said, look, we believe in you and you're our leader. They call me fearless leader um, amongst other names, you know. It's like it's the big, <laughs> I the can imagine. Thing, the head honcho, the whatever they want, you know, the boss yep. <laughs> but fearless leader is what they call me and I think because they trust me and they know that um, I always try and stay ahead of the curve and you know Tony Robbins has a great you know audio book that I listen to which is about the power of anticipation and you know I think when you're really listening and you've got your ear to the ground I think you can see those changes before they arrive and if you can actually preempt them um, you know and stay ahead of the curve that's what survival is all about. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I think you also must have um, built up a lot of trust within the team. So they really, they, they knew that you were doing what you had to do for the, um, for the health of the long-term success of the business. Well, I think, I think transparency is a really important um, skill when it comes to leadership because uh, whilst you know you, you don't want your whole team to sort of you know be looking at your profit and loss every month and going oh gosh we lost money this month or you made too much this month whatever um, I think it's important that they understand the workings of the business um, and they understand that their results are part of the workings of the business and you know uh, quite often People who don't run a business don't understand like how much it costs to run something, and I think it's really important for your team to understand that um, and actually have sort of buy-in to that. And um, you know, because so how do you do that? Well, I, I think um, open conversations. You know, like guys, we've had a great month this month, and um, so do you get down to do you tell them exactly what's going on, or you just say it's been great or it's been tough? Uh, I don't tell them exactly because I don't want them losing sleep if things aren't going well, um, you know. And, um, you know, my, my team are already asking for a trip to Bali this year if they hit a certain, <laughs> they hit a certain target. Oh, so I did, awesome. I actually had to go through the figures and say, well, look, you're going to have to hit this target up here if we go to Bali. So they, sure. um, you know, they know what the business would need to make for them to really be absolutely lavished upon. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, think, I think being open, like we're facing a tough market where, you know, we look at all of our statistics. You know, every month the team sees what our group um, GCI was, uh, what our percentages were on appraised to list, list to sell, days on market. Um, we track all of those metrics and we're very open in our business with, with all of those metrics every month. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I think there's, um, um, I think it's crazy for people not to track them, but I know that um, that there are plenty that don't. Well, I think, you know, also, um, you know, salespeople need to know how they're tracking against their colleagues as well. Um, otherwise, where's, where's the competition? So, yeah, I think that's, that's right. pretty cool. And some salespeople do have the habit of deluding themselves as to their, particularly their um, appraisal to list ratio. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important that you're actually sharing those numbers and you're sharing everyone's numbers so there's nowhere to hide. I think so. I think, you know, we, we always um, praise in public and if there needs to be corrections, it happens in private. Um, but I do. I think it's okay for everyone's figures to be transparent to um, the administrator, to the PA, to the salesperson um, because, once again, yeah, there is no hiding and whilst it's not saying, well, you were the bottom of the ladder, we certainly wouldn't do that. It gives that person at the bottom of the ladder the motivation to go, well, I don't want to be there anymore, so therefore I'm going to push a bit harder. So when you've got a salesperson um, that is hovering at the bottom of the, the ladder, how do you deal with that? So ultimately, you know, I have one-on-ones with every one of my sales team. Um, I also have, have a sales manager. And what we try to do, um, it's okay to be at the bottom. Someone's got to be. You know, and that's like someone's the only one person can be the top selling salesperson in the office. So, um, you know, we don't expect everyone to be a million dollar writer um, and providing people are obviously hitting our, you know, minimum standards, but also achieving their personal best. That's what we're aiming for. So we're always just trying to help them be better than maybe what they were last month or, or last year. Um, definitely one-on-one. So, you know, we, we track things like, you know, what sort of marketing has gone out in their area, what sort of databasing has been going on, you know, personal marketing, social media, etc. But I, I think, you know, um, it's about daily stuff as well. It's about daily, um, how did you go today with those calls? You know, you said you were going to make those 20, 30 calls today. How did you go? And, um, you know, like um, we hear um, Tanja Jones, who is my co you know, it, there's there's either reasons or there's results. <laughs> so yes, indeed, it's daily conversations about that. So we all need to have uh, that as top of mind, myself included. Um, as a leader, sometimes I trip up with you know motivation levels or um, success in certain areas, um, and sometimes we have personal distractions in life. Um, you know, and sometimes we all need a good reminder of um, what it is we're to be doing daily. And so you, you obviously had high, high levels of self-discipline and motivation to be a top selling agent and to have the top um, selling business. Why do you feel the need to have a coach? Like everybody, um, it's a rare person who doesn't need accountability. So I find that for me, accountability just drives me a lot further. So for those who go to gym and for those who've had a personal trainer, they'll just know that they'll get much better results by using a personal trainer than what they will just going to the gym and throwing a few weights around themselves. 
because they just push you that extra level. And also, um, I think because I'm kind of diligent, I, I, I want to have my homework done by the, the next fortnight. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I yeah. get it. And you told me once, actually at a conference, you were you were talking about the fact that you were you used to get a lot of satisfaction out of the fact that you were number one, but that sort of started to dissipate. Mm. Can mm-hmm. you talk about what happened and how you dealt with that? Yeah, sure. Like I, um, <clears throat> I don't think. Um, you know, number one necessarily equals success. And I don't think success in life is necessarily making the most money or being, you know, the best at something. Um, I think it's about personal satisfaction as well. So for me, I just found that, um, you know, whilst I was smashing out some great um, results in business, um, it wasn't necessarily um, equaling happiness in my life. So I think I just decided to take a really different approach and ensure that um, daily I was just doing more for myself as a person, as a human being. Um, I get a lot more satisfaction out of mentoring and coaching others and seeing other people's success. So um, that's just a switch that I really wanted to make in in my career and life Um you know, just just for the long term, I, I don't think you can keep working those 12, 14 hour days. And I'm talking to people maybe outside of my, my team because in, in the company I'm in, we, we talk about family first and making sure people take holidays, they have time with their family, they um, they commit to their families and, and deliver the promises that they've, they've offered them. But sometimes I talk to people in other companies and, and I'm hearing them say, yeah, well, I'm working six days a week and six and a half days a week and it's 12 hours a day and like that is just simply not sustainable unless you're a robot um it's just not sustainable and eventually it will catch up on you and i think if you want to have longevity in this business i've been doing this for almost 20 years now um and i hope to be doing it for many years more you've just got to find some form of balance and satisfaction Mm, yeah that makes perfect sense um you mentioned earlier that you um you started your business when you were you had a um a young child. How many kids have you got and how old are they? Okay, so um, overall um, we have four children, so 8, 11, 15 and 18. So it's a bit of a bit of a mix there yep. yeah, and a bit of a juggle Certainly. Some, some time. Yep. How do you um, how do you manage to run a, a successful business and a successful family? So, um, look, I think um, – the biggest part about that is just having the right supports around me. Um, a few years ago, I was really struggling and I wasn't seeing my kids enough. Um, and they were telling me, you know, they were saying, my, my, my son, my youngest was saying, mum, I haven't seen you enough. Like, I miss you. And, you know, when they're saying that kind of stuff to you, you realise something has to change. So I I changed up the structure of um, the way the business runs and I've just surrounded myself with great people um, and I I pay higher salaries for that. Um, So therefore you can think, well, that's foregoing profit. I'm okay with that because I now have a team of people who I know will manage things so that, you know, I can work school hours. Now, of course, you know, when you say school hours, there's also opening up the laptop at night time and making phone calls etc um it's it's not that dreamy (laughs) you know um but you know overall my kids get to see me more I get to spend time mentoring them too and just spending great time um, with them which I think is just 
critical, you know. Um, they grow up so fast. Life is a blip, you know, and before you know it, it's just gone. I think we just have to seize the day, seize the moment and make sure that, you know, we've got those aspects in balance. And speaking of seizing the day and seizing the moment, you are just recently back from a 530-something kilometre bike ride across Thailand. Can you tell us about that trip and tell us about why you decided to do that? I sure can. Um, I um, was invited to be on a panel at Momentum um, up on the Sunshine Coast, um, and Steve Carroll did his from REA did his fabulous presentation on on digital live as he does. But then he also spoke about um, Hands Across the Water group who um, assist children in Thailand who are disadvantaged, who don't have mums and dads and who are maybe ill and don't have homes. So he played a video and I was emotionally quite moved by the video and, um, you know, but then I thought, I can't ride 500 kilometres in hot weather, like ridiculous, I'm really not that fit. So were you I, um, were you a gym junkie or were you a bike rider before that before this? No, no. My best efforts are, are a walk in nature and maybe some gentle yoga. <laughs> that's that's yeah, about okay. my extent. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, and then you know, um, I just thought it just something was nagging at me. I thought you know I'm just going to get a bit more information. So I SMS Steve, and then you know. He kind of came across with a barrage of information and, you know, sent me texts and cards and all this sort of stuff going, this is your time, and, and really did a fabulous sell. <laughs> and he's a great salesman. He's amazing, yeah. And so I just something just kicked in and I thought, you know what, um, I need a challenge that's outside of, you know, family, relationships, business. I just need something for me and I just want to make a difference in this world. And, you know, I looked at my kids and thought I just love them so dearly um i'd hate to think of them on the streets unwell without anyone loving them so um, that was why i decided to do the bike ride um what a journey um the training in itself was um such a blast um i went from going i can't even ride five kilometers and oh my god don't put me on a bike trying to go up a hill i'll die um Two, I started um, smashing personal bests. So I'd ride five, then 10, then 15, and then 20. And I remember doing my first 60-kilometre ride um, thinking, wow, I never even thought I could do that. And by that stage, I was starting to think, hey, I'm onto something here. (laughs) I can actually do more than I I thought. then I did my close to 80-kilometre ride and that was um, recently before going on the trip and I thought, okay, that's close enough to 100. I can do this. I was nervous, I'll be honest with you, Leanne. I was I was crapping myself. I, You know, I don't like heat. I'm very fair. I get burnt very easily and um, I, I'm not a big fan of exercise. <laughs> so I just... What could go wrong? I mean, really, what could go wrong? Exactly. The ride itself um, was the single most profound experience in my life um it it was extreme like but the people uh the people who were there um, were just so phenomenal um we had 27 of us on this ride as a team we got through it as a team we helped each other out and you know every day it was look it's just 20 kilometers at a time 
20 kilometres at a time. And I think you can apply that to anything in life, whether it's business, kids, you know, relationships, um, you know, study, whatever. Getting getting down a black ski run. Yeah. I'm a, an intermediate immediate skier at best and I found myself yeah. on a black ski run <gasps> and, and I just, it's like this too shall pass one minute at a time, Lee, one minute at a time. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> and you got through it. And, I um, did. That's, that's why, Leanne, you should come on the ride next year in 2020. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. My, that's thanks, my, love. That's my challenge to you. Um, oh yeah, great. <laughs> but I, I, t- I tell you, when you um, arrive at the village and um, you know there's there's kids screaming and yelling, welcoming you in, and the minute you're off your bike, they grab grab you with their little hands and take you through their home and show you where they live and where their school is and where their animals are, and and you know we had this massive water fight, and they just the kids are and they're hugging you because they love you. They're so grateful for the opportunities you've given them. And I tell you, there was not a dry eye in the house. I'm talking grown, tough men sobbing, um, you know, women sobbing just like this joy. Yeah, incredible. Mm, It sounds absolutely amazing. And so the charity raises money to help these particular kids in this village or what? tell me a bit more about the charity. It's Hands Across the Water run by Peter and Claire Baines. And so... Oh, I know Peter Baines. Okay. Ah, yeah. Amazing guy. Very good speaker I hear. I haven't seen him. We wrote, yeah, we wrote yeah. with Claire. She is just fabulous, an amazing inspirational lady. Um, and Peter made a surprise appearance on day five and rode with us. So... Um, you know, they support uh, the home that we went to, which is called Home Hug, um, and it's run by Mei Ping, who um, is a Buddhist monk. She has personally buried 1,027 children in the last 30 years. So since Hands Across the Water have been supporting them for the last seven years, that has all changed. So um, a lot of the children have AIDS because uh, of their circumstance. Um, You know, they've had, you know, drugs and and these types of things you know in in their lives um so without the medications they get without the food and the good support like they won't survive so it's just such an amazing charity um to be involved in yeah that sounds absolutely incredible yeah so i need to buy a bicycle is that what i'm hearing yeah, yeah, I can recommend. <laughs> I can recommend the type of bike, and just get a bike carrier to go on the back of your car, and you can. I'm sure you'll find some fabulous bike trails, so you can stay off the main roads. And <laughs> oh dear, oh, dear, let's do it. If I can do it, yeah. I'm telling you, if I can do it, uh, I, I mean this. Other people can do it because I really thought I'm not going to be able to do this, and I didn't. I'm proud. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was so proud of you watching all of your training and um, and then throughout the, the journey over in Thailand, watching all of your, your posts. Social media is wonderful for keeping us connected with that sort of stuff. So, yeah, good on you. And for, look, thank you, but for, for business too, like, you know, the social media that everybody collectively did um, made such a difference in awareness and also fundraising. So I personally raised over $17,000. I no, that was group, massive. As a group, um, it was over two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. 
So, wow. and a lot of that was social media. So whether it's for charity or whether it's for business, if you're not on that social media bandwagon, it is just crucial. Yeah, absolutely. It is the way. All right, my friend, our time here is up. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and sharing your story with us. And I will see you again very soon. Thank you, Leanne. I really appreciate the opportunity and I love your work. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> see you soon. All right. See ya. Bye.